CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Vendrovsky podcast. That's not correct. Yes, it is. Is <laughs> brought to you by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for all things there is to know the city of Chicago. Where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, what kind of pot to smoke, and so much more, including columns from our very own Ben Jarofsky. Chicago Reader, ChicagoReader.com. And if you want to help out this program, you can. ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky. J-O-R-A-V is in victory. S-K-Y. It is Wednesday, March 16th, and this is The Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, oh, it's going to be a barn burner. (laughs) Legendary Chicago journalist Monroe Anderson and Adolfo Mondragon. And now your host, reporter Ben Jarofsky. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Kim Fox Got It Right Wednesday, and here's why. Because I believe State's Attorney Kim Fox got it right when she decided, uh, what was it, yesterday, not to uh, prosecute two police officers uh, who shot and killed uh, Anthony Alvarez last year and, of course, uh, young Adam Toledo. And that's a tough case, very tough case. But uh, I believe uh, Kim Fox was right. I believe uh, those police officers uh, did not go across the line uh, when they did the shooting. I know that's uh, really upsetting a lot of people in the city of Chicago. There's really no way you're going to, if you're Kim Fox, you're going to make everybody happy in this particular matter. But uh, I just, I've looked at those shootings. They're horrible. They're horrific. And we're not, we obviously haven't seen the end of it. But I just can't. And, uh, I could not, if I were the state's attorney, I could not prosecute. I feel the same way uh, Kim Fox did. But definitely in the Adam Toledo case, it was like a split second, just like a split second. Monroe Anderson, you think about it. We're going to bring Monroe Anderson on. Uh, just a split second that cop had to make a decision. And uh, it's it, it's just an awful, an awful situation that threw the city in turmoil. Kim Fox has to make uh, a very tough decision. And I got to tell you, being the state's attorney, you're always going to upset somebody. And right now, Kim Fox has emerged as some one of MAGA's favorite tools to whip up uh, fear among white people and anger. It's a mixture of fear and anger. You get the men angry, you get the women afraid. That's what I'm paraphrasing from uh, whatever Fox movie that was, a movie about uh, uh, the man who ran Fox, uh, the Fox Network. And so you get the you get the men angry and the women afraid. And that's uh, sort of what MAGA is doing to Kim Fox. Uh, we talked a lot about that. I just wrote about it with Jesse Smollett. I'm going to put Monroe on the hot seat and Adolfo Mondragon on the hot seat about Jesse Smollett uh, in a little while. But uh, I, I just... I realize what MAG is up to. Uh, Monroe and I have lived through it many times before, uh, and they've decided that Kim Fox, probably the polling shows this, is despised by people throughout the state. 
uh, people, uh, got, hate to say it, Monroe, white people, let's just call it for what it is, uh, because she dared to come up with uh, al- alternative sentencing goals and uh, in terms of not just throwing everybody into prison or into jail. Right. And that, 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 that is like the backlash is coming, Monroe. We've been talking about it. Um, and uh, so she's public enemy number one. Somewhere. I don't even know if she's number one, but they're going to try to well, unseat she, Pritzker. She, yeah, ahead. she's public number enemy number one al- al- along with your mayor, your favorite mayor, your, your current favorite mayor. Life, but they, 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 white people in Chicago put them both together and they're screwing up the city single handedly. Well, I'm going to have to uh, take a little disagreement with you here. Okay. Uh, We're we're launching our Chicago conversation probably before we should because Adolfo's coming in and he'll want to weigh in and all this. But I guess got to say this right now. I think uh, white people in Chicago, at least north side white people, love Lori Lightfoot. Okay. They, I, I, I do believe that's her base, actually, uh, if she has a base uh, in the, the city of Chicago. And uh, she plays the game, you know, she's the one who's also kind of participating in the beat up Kim Fox stuff where she, uh, you know, talks about and beat up on your old friend, Judge Tim Evans, uh, yeah. Monroe's old friend. That goes right. way back, ladies and gentlemen, Council Wars. We won't go down that path. Right. But, uh, she, you know what I'm saying? She's trying to play that game a little bit herself Monroe you get what I'm saying yeah she she is because she's a target see I I I get next door neighbor are you familiar with that you told me about it once before and I always forget what is it again yeah what it is is this it's this app where where it's like Facebook for your neighbors and anybody can join it and they talk about everything online yeah. You, know, you, um, you you got a dishwasher you want to sell. You can, you can put it on next door neighbor. Want to make your neighbor oh, get it? Next door you, neighbor. You, you need a plumber. You put it on next door neighbor. They, they tell you who they used and who's good or not. And if you want to talk about um, crime, yeah. And um, you put that on. And, it, and it, when you're talking about crime, you do so not talking favorably about Kim Fox or Lori. Okay. All right. Well, that's, uh, I I have to, uh, maybe your block is that way. Uh, Well, this is, this is Lincoln park. Yeah. Lincoln park. Yeah. By the way, next door neighbor sounds so baby boomer app. When you were describing, I'm like, Oh my God, that's a bunch of baby boomers for me. Yeah. I think it's millennials too. Millennials are getting into that. Come on, yeah. millennials! I'm gonna, I'm gonna send you. I'm gonna ask, ask I, I ask Joyce to send you to to to, to, to nominate you. No, no, yeah. I was pleased. No, because you really should. What okay. what you're doing? You really should do it. They they have they have semi kicked me off <laughs> because the troublemaker they, wherever he goes. Because exactly, they <laughs> they were they were posting these. Um, uh, messages about they 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 they're coming here and they're doing that and it was obviously racist. Oh they man, referred to black people. So I started started charging it. You're going, who is they? Yeah, <laughs> let me, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you something about Monroe Anderson. 
This guy has been causing trouble with white people for as long as I've known him, including a lot of quote unquote liberal white people. Uh, and I will leave that out, but right. uh, whatever, Monroe. It's my back at the Tribune, and uh, he was causing trouble uh, with the white leaders of the Tribune. I got leaders in quote. Yeah, right. Uh, well, the bosses. The bosses. <laughs> the bosses. Yeah, they were definitely the bosses. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get a little. Uh, let's talk uh, some national uh, and international uh, politics before Adolfo comes on, and we shift more to local because I could see you and me going down a path right now, yeah, Monroe. Right. Uh, right. A half hour of talking uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot and greatest mayors, which is a uh, question I posed to Monroe this morning and he ducked and dodged a little bit, but uh, we'll see if he comes up with an answer. All right. Um, the speech by uh, President Zelensky today uh, at Congress, uh, how would you rate it? And uh, what's its importance and significance uh, in terms of the United States response to Putin's war in Ukraine? It's historical. They will be quoting that speech and referring to it no matter what happens. Uh, 80 years from now, they'll be referencing that speech. Uh, and whatever goes down, we people talk about we might go into World War III. We may already be in World War III. Uh, when Hitler started um, taking over cities in Europe, it wasn't World War II by by name at that point, but it was in fact World War Two. What what Putin is trying to do will ultimately end up World War Three if it's, if we don't want to recognize it now. You know, it's it's like with with decades. Uh, when when 1990 started, it wasn't um, real. The 90s came at some point later on in the decade, although it was 1990 for when they dropped the ball. So in, in New York City, so that may be where we. In fact, we are there in one sense or another. We're in World War. We, we well, we're either in World War Three or we're in another Cold War. With, with 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 hot war <laughs> introducing it, but this is a mess. And I thought um, Zelensky's speech was incredible. His leadership has been incredible. Um, he has changed my whole notion of what an entertainer could be as a political leader. <laughs> because the only examples I had in mind up until that point, at this point, was um, Reagan and Trump, and one was worse than the other. <laughs> yeah. This guy is incredible. I mean, he's there. He, um, you know, that, he, he's going to have so many lines that are going to be, that are already Churchillian, mm. that, that, that people will be quoting, you know, it's, um, I, uh, I don't need a ride, I need some ammo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. Today, he, he talked about how Dr. King had a dream. He has a need. Yeah, I mean, he just, I mean, he's, because he, he was a comedian, he has a way with words, you know, because comedians have to have timing and they have to have just the right words to make the joke funny mm -hmm. or make a point. And he's very good. Oh, I often, uh, we're going to change here, but I, I've often thought that comedians uh, would make uh, good politicians. 
and uh, for many levels. One, communication skills. You're a comedian. You're communicating ideas and thoughts. Uh, two, making people laugh that disarms them to a certain degree and calms them down uh, a, a little bit. Also, a, comedians yeah, have he, a way. He's not making anybody laugh. No, I understand. Yeah. I understand. Uh, and uh, the only comedian I could think of in recent time, and maybe you can uh, think of another who arose uh, to a relatively high ranks in politics, was Al Franken, uh, the senator yeah. from Minnesota, right. who stepped down, of course, uh, because of uh, sexual harassment issues. And yeah, uh, a bummer. Sorry, let's not relitigate that one. Okay. I mean, we, we don't need to go back to that one. Okay. Uh, but I. Um, it's still a bummer. <laughs> you know what? Uh, you mentioned uh, his reference to Martin Luther King, and I, I got to ask you about this. I've had, uh, I told you already in the pre-show, uh, I've, I've had several friends uh, text me and call me or what have you saying, uh, we're doing too much positive news about Ukraine uh, in so many words. And one of the uh, assertions they make, uh, there's just so much racism in uh, Europe. Uh, there's such a racist attitude toward uh black people who are trying to get out of Ukraine that we don't want, we don't want to hear anymore about Ukraine. I've had people tell me this Monroe. Yeah. Uh, and um, apparently uh, Zelensky's no dummy. Uh, he probably knew that as well. Uh, you know, I'm sure he follows uh, Western reactions to what's going on uh, in his country, the assault of his country. Uh, so what's your reaction to uh, that, uh, that notion that somehow or other, this doesn't sh should not involve the United States because of racism. Well, first of all, uh, this is easy to say: white people will be white people, whether they're in Europe or the United States. And so, there's racism. Period. In, in fact, speaking of comedians, Rich, Richard Pryor back in the '70s had this joke talking about bringing Asians over and uh, how the first thing they learned how to say was nick, 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 nick. <laughs> and so that that's just there and in fact there's a, a a white nationalist movement going on in Europe right now as they fight over uh, with over with your with Russia and the Ukraine fighting each other um, Zelensky to his credit, told them to cut that crap out. Mm. He said he sent message to the, the borders and to his people saying, you know, and, and for obvious reasons, they, they need to cut it out because it is a problem if you're talking about freedom and then you're discriminating, keeping black people from getting on the bus to, to get out of town. Um, and I can understand the people who are sending you the black people that are sending you these, these messages. I have mixed emotions about it myself. I mean, it pisses me off that um, they have a pecking order on who they should think should live or die. But on the other hand, this is a grander, uh, more dangerous situation mm -hmm. than just um, garden variety racism. So um, while you might not cheer for the U Ukrainians, um, I don't think you can just dismiss it or ignore it. Yeah. I, uh, and also I think that um, there's clearly a double standard 
uh, when it comes to immigration. I mean, that is so obvious. Right. Saying it, I realize how obvious. I mean, look at our country. You know, uh, we're right. constantly being told there's a crisis at the border. There's a crisis at the border. You know what that's all about, right. Monroe. Right. And they're sending the Haitians back into a, a, a country that's as bad off as the Ukraine is. I mean, you don't have the constant bombing, but um, the living conditions are just as bad. And they're packing them up, returning. The, the U.S. government is happily returning them. Another thing is that uh, uh, my 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 beloved uh, MSNBC, they had they had this um, African journalist on last week. Yeah, and he was he was t- talking about how you have and and he went through it was about half dozen or so situations in various African nations where they're doing the same thing, the sort of genocidal bombing and killing and what have you, and 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 the world. Western media has paid next to no attention to any of that whatsoever. And compounded that, founding that is um, Putin and China have been investing in Africa. You know, they've they've built um, highways and bridges for them. They've put in infrastructure in those in the, in those countries in Africa. And so they don't quite feel about Putin the way white westerners do because they have benefited from some of what they're doing. Now, Putin is doing it for the same reason that the communist party back in the 30s and 40s was embracing black Americans. Uh, to counterpoint uh flag waving Americans and um, and and how how great America was supposed to be in that sense. So I mean, they were they've been doing this for um, very calculated and hypocritical reasons, but they have been doing it. All right, wait, hold on. I got to stop you right there. Okay. We're going to go down a tangent. All I'm right. going to defend communists in the 30s. How about this? Okay. And, <laughs> and, and, and I must say, everybody thinks I'm and old. When Trump gets back in office, <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll come visit you in prison. <laughs> yes, you will. Yeah. And bring me a cake. This is funny you should say this, Monroe, because this is fresh on my mind. Uh, so many of the things you said in that last little riff provoked thoughts. Uh, I got to put the uh, Africa thing down so I don't lose that. But um, I just read, I've been talking about, I just reread uh, American Hunger, which is a great novel. I urge everybody, if you got any time to read it, Richard Wright. And Richard Wright's, uh, of course, a great novelist, of uh, 20th century novelist, a black man from Mississippi, uh, and uh, came to Chicago at an early age, completely self-taught, a, a miraculous story in many yeah, ways. No, he's, he's, he's considered the first black no, uh, black novelist. The first Richard great Wright. black novelist. And uh, yeah. first great. Anyway, a brilliant man. And uh, American Hunger tells about his entry to Chicago back in the late 20s, right before the Depression hit uh, and into the 30s. And he's encountering white communists, leftists, 
yeah. who welcomed him to their fold. Right. And uh, the contradictions he felt, very similar to Ralph Ellison and Invisible Man, very right. similar themes, and how ultimately he rejected the communists because he felt uh, that they were patronizing uh, and demeaning and they were using him. Many of the points that uh, you were just uh, making uh, a right. little while ago. And yet, I don't believe that it was all an effort directed by uh, Stalin and the Soviet Union to discredit uh, the United States. I do believe that these white communists were, if I could use a communist word, the vanguard of changing attitudes in the United States, changing white attitudes in the United States toward Jim Crow, toward racism. And they were like the early the early anti-racist. So I'm not willing just to dismiss. Okay, no, no, no. I don't, you know, I, I won't argue with you about that. In fact, I dare say, Ben, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, oh my goodness. I can't believe. Wait, hold on. Ladies and gentlemen, just, just this morning, Monroe and I were reflecting. We've been doing these conversations for five years. I told Monroe, in five years, you have never once said, Ben, you're right. Because the most stubborn man I ever met. And uh, he never wants to concede any. By the way, our next guest is right up there with him, Adolfo Mondragon. He's right up there in the all-time stubborn guy. He's ready to defend the Jesse Smollett uh, sentence. Get ready for that, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, um, but... <laughs> so you had to pull that out, that, that rabbit out of the hat. Ben, you're right. Go ahead, Monroe. Now, what was I right about? Yeah. Uh, you were right that it wasn't being um, coordinated through Russia so or anything you. like that. That they that they saw an opportunity and took it. The the, the whites here. I mean, they. Okay, so we, we got America, and they hated it as it was. And so helping blacks was a good thing, although it was incredibly paternalistic. You know, it's it's like uh, basically you black, you colored people don't know how to do anything, and uh, we white people know how to, how to fix this and come be a communist, and we can all do this um, together with us in the vanguard and you as the um, – masses that we need the great unwashed that we need to help our movement. Yeah, no, you're right about that. You know, because uh, as, as a black nationalist in, in the 60s in college, my black militant friends would, had a disdain for white liberals. They said um, they'll, they'll, they'll be liberal <laughs> until they get older, then they'll just be white. And um, that's hilarious. And, and that basically is what happened. I well, mean, there, there's, throw there's, one, there's some exceptions, of course. Well, yeah. Let's throw one ingredient into that broth. Yeah. About, that's a funny line, which I will steal. Uh, <laughs> they were white liberals when they get older, just white. But I'm going to throw another little something in that uh, uh, broth. With, it was just particular your generation, and I say it all the time, I can't say it enough because I'm very disappointed with my fellow baby boomers. Once you took the draft away. Yeah. Monroe, 
our right. fellow baby boomers, and particularly the ones of the white persuasion, yeah. man, they let their real flags fly. Oh, right. I don't have to go to war anymore. All of a sudden, right. they become conservative on all issues. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's not just, well, like when when their necks were on the line, they were joining. They were trying to join themselves to every lefty movement in the world. Right. You know what I'm saying? Then once right. their necks weren't on the line, they were yeah, they're, they're, trying to, they're trying to join the Black Panthers. Either. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Oh man, uh, I gotta tell you, Monroe. I was not trying to join the Black Panther. I'll be honest with you. Back in the day, I was so scared of the Black Panther. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's a whole other story. Yeah. Uh, but no, that's a that's your that's a great line. That is a great. <laughs> when they were young, they were white liberals. Now that they're old, they're just white. Oh Lord, that's pretty good. Well, anyway, uh, before we uh, bring Adolfo on, I just want to finish up that point uh, about uh, Africa. And, um, yeah, uh, there's all sorts of global political strategies going on in the world uh, and uh, countries trying to figure out what's in their best interest, which seems to shift at any given moment. It is a very complicated political chess game. Uh, And so it's hard to know. You know, you can't really believe what people say at face value. It's like Chicago politics, ladies and gentlemen, just on a broader scale. Like when your your mayor says something, it really is prudent on you, Chicago. It's just to tr- drop back a little bit and try to interpret what she's saying, pick out the truths in what she's saying, and then figure out what her real angle is. Monroe knows this. He's been covering politics for a long time. Adolfo knows this. All right, and so it's 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 really no different uh, on a geopolitical uh, situation uh, scale. That's why it's so bizarre that like Israel is. Uh, perhaps, even though Zelensky is Jewish, could be uh, the state, or early on it looked like they may be the state that could negotiate a settlement, get Putin to drop back a little bit. China could play a role uh, as well, uh, Monroe. So it's it's just prudent upon all it's, people to keep it, their eyes open. Yeah, no, the world is complicated. Yeah. Israel is not stepping, getting involved with this because of Iran. Yeah. Uh, China is not, and I've said this on your show before, they're they're not getting involved in it because they want to take Taiwan. And so how can they condemn um, Russia for doing what it's doing uh, to Ukraine? And then when it's when when they make a move on Taiwan, uh, it's different. Well, I'll tell you why. Because it's always possible for someone to completely change his tune. I don't know how you could say the same thing about the United States and George W. Bush yeah. who invaded two countries. Okay, in our lifetime, Monroe, in our lifetime, in, in millennials' lifetime, you know. So I hear what you're saying. It's you don't want to look hypocritical, but ultimately, people don't care about looking hypocritical because they do hypocritical things. Maga right. has got so much hypocrisy going on uh, in this current conflict. Well, oh, Maga's yeah. got, you know. Unlike some of these others involved, um, MAGA is heartless and brainless. So, All right. Uh, let's bring Adolfo Mondragon on. Uh, I think you'll probably agree with uh, Monroe on the heartless, <laughs> brainless part. Uh, election lawyer extraordinaire. Oh, just a lawyer extraordinaire. Adolfo Mondragon, good friend of mine, good friend of the show, uh, huge White Sox fan. 
uh, and is the man who filed the lawsuit. Well, actually, Byron Sixto Lopez's name is on the lawsuit, but even Alderman Lopez would agree the brains behind it is Adolfo Mondragon. Uh, that could, I don't believe, will win, though. Adolfo, you know where I'm going, because I don't think the Supreme Court will. <laughs> Even with the Madigan indictment? Not well, you know, could really topple things for uh, Michael Joseph Madigan, Ed Burke, and Danny Solis. Uh, we've had this conversation. We're not going to take the deep dive again on this one, but just to set, mm-hmm. the, you know, set up who he is. Plus, he's a, a genius when it comes to music, but we'll stay away from that. All right, Adolfo. Uh, you took exception to my position on Jesse Smollett <laughs> promoting this. I said I give uh, equal opportunity to folks who disagree with me, Monroe, uh, on the show. And uh, for, uh, for my benefit, can you just summarize the reasons why you would not give him jail time? Yes. All right. So I, I've gone on record on the show many times. I just wrote a column about this. Uh, so Jesse Smollett, everybody knows who Jesse Smollett is, uh, was sentenced last week, 150 days uh, in Cook County Jail. I did the math. I'm not a great mathematician, but I did pass algebra at Emerson Township High School. And in my about five months, and I believe that's five months too much. I believe it's essentially a victimless crime. I believe that the, the greatest victim in this crime, if you could, it would be, uh, you could argue, is Cook County State's attorney, Kim Fox. Uh, and uh, I believe that uh, with the judge ordering restitution, the, the cost, the police cost of uh, prosecuting or investigating the falsehoods of uh, Justice Smollett have been covered. Uh, I believe that the guy has been humiliated, his uh He's been turned into a laughing stock. I urge everybody to watch Dave Chappelle's his career. Career has been ruined. His career has been ruined. Uh, and he looks just foolish. Keeping insisting uh, that he's innocent when pretty much everyone knows that he's I, not. He, uh, he, well, there's, yeah, there's some question that there may be some mental problems. Okay. Yeah. It could be some mental issues. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and furthermore, uh, this is just, how do I put this? Uh, this is just what happens when a, a defendant in a high profile case dares to just continue to sort of like mock the system by insisting. I saw the same thing happen to Blago, by the way. He got many years did he get uh, for essentially doing what politicians do all the time? Yes, I forget. Or something. But I forget what it was. It wasn't. Well, I think the Blago thing is a little bit different because right, well, we'll, there the law the law in and of itself might have been a stretch constitutionally, but that's a different. That's all right. A different well, thing. but it, but I think that judge went after him because Blago made fun of the whole system right. by going on the David Letterman show yeah. by just parading around mocking the people who were coming after him. So if you mock them, if you insult them, right. They'll come after you. It's but like that's, that's human nature. You know, yeah. at some point, whether you're in the third grade or you're a, 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 a PhD, you should learn. That's a lesson that you should learn is that pick your enemies carefully because if they, come, if, if they can come after you, they will. Yeah, so that's um, generally uh, my position. I guess Monroe agrees with me. All right, Adolfo, okay. the floor is yours right. to defend. Okay, well, right. Adolfo, so let, me, let, let me tell you mine before you so, so okay. you could because I'm, not, I'm, uh, I'm in agreement with Ben. But first and foremost, my position is there, Cook County has more than enough young black men. They don't need one more. Um, at, Cook County and, Jail. Uh, yeah, and he and what he did was stupid, 
he's 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 suffered from it already and um, that there are more serious crimes that the justice system ought to be addressing. All right. The floor is yours, attorney. First, First of all, let me preface everything by I'm generally a criminal defense attorney. So if I was his, I would have been the strongest advocate for receiving no jail time. But if I were made judge and I was not his attorney and not advocating for him, I, you know, a judge's job is, well, first, let me even preface that. When you go to law school, you learn that the reason for, there are various reasons for punishment, punishment in society. Uh, we do it for societal retribution. We do it for deterrence purposes. We do it for incapacitation purposes. We do it for rehabilitation. You got to remember that we got the word penitentiary, penance, uh, from, you know, that's why people would go into penitentiaries because they would do penance, right? right? And we also do it for just desserts. Um, so there are many reasons, all of them or one of them or any of them can justify punishment in a society. So I generally take a mixed bag. I think that punishment is useful for all those variety of reasons. Some some reasons in certain cases more for the rehabilitation, some more for the retribution part, some more for the incapacitation part, etc. All right. So as a judge, you're you know you you have discretion to put the sentence. The it was a misdemeanor, so he could not get any more than 365 days in jail, not prison, jail, Cook County. Okay, there's a difference. People say prison all the time, like if prison is everything, jail and prison, there's a distinction. Yeah, that's one, right? Okay, and uh, and and a, a judge's job is to take factors into mitigation and to take factors into uh, aggravation. And all the points that you guys made are good points for mitigation. Uh, some more valid than others, right? And I would have, if I was the lawyer for him, I would have argued all those things. But this is a special case. This isn't just Joe Schmo out there who, you know, made a false report of a crime. Uh, one factor in aggravation would be that he mocked the city its people and its institutions on a grand scale. And although he paid retribution monetarily, I don't know that he, the actual amount covered all the expenses that the city, you know, uh, expended in, in this whole charade. But what he could not pay with money is the, the reputation and the, uh, the moral, um, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, you know, the, the way people view us and the way we handle things and the confidence that our own people and other people have in our system in terms of, uh, you know, reported crimes, whether they be crimes against L- LGBT uh, community, etc. That you cannot quantify in a dollar amount. OK, so the retro, I understand he had to pay some money and that would have been part of my judgment as well. But I think that that factor that you cannot quantify that loss of um, of confidence in the in our system, which is already that there's not much confidence in it as we speak. And in our police institution, our. So so that you have to take into fact into account in this case, in this okay, case, this is not okay. talking about every case in this case. The other thing, too, is that. Uh, Juicy Smollett was, uh, you know, he was adamant about this throughout, and he took the stand, so he committed perjury. 
that in and of itself perjury is a is a felony that could be punishable for more than jail time prison time i mean uh, uh yeah prison uh jail time that could be actually be prison time and he committed perjury that's what the 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 jury found in in finding against him they did not believe him that means they found that what he said was false they did not believe him he went on the stand and he committed perjury that is a huge crime you, that's a societal crime. That's something that, you know, if we allow perjury all the time, that's going to de uh, deteriorate our justice institution. That's a huge thing. Okay. And uh, so for me, and then the fact that he was adamant to the end and he did not, uh, he did not show the court any, um, any regret, any, uh, he did not take, he did not own what he did, that's a that's a very big factor in all of this and in all crimes, uh, 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 indeed. So I think that putting him in Cook County for some amount of time, I don't know that I would have given him five months, but I would definitely have given him something substantial, would serve as a rational um, punishment to achieve the goals that I said before. To one, rehabilitate him, make him sit there and think about what the fuck he did. Two, incapacitate him because this man was adamant that he didn't do anything wrong. He's going to go out there and perhaps commit something stupid uh, unless he thinks about it. Three, uh, this is just desserts. The man committed something small that had major consequences. More uh, consequences beyond what anybody else would have reaped had they also committed uh, the same the same crime of reporting something falsely. And sometimes reporting something falsely leads to deaths, and those people should should get more. Sometimes reporting something falsely, like a fire alarm or whatever, leads to people getting physically injured. I agree, and those people should not be charged with a misdemeanor. They should be charged with a felony, and they should get prison time. Right. But here. A couple of days, a couple of months in jail, I think is just along with the 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 the, the money amount that he had to pay. All right, so Monroe. that's what that's how I would rationalize my okay. My okay, Monroe. Go ahead, Monroe. Okay, now what what damage did him making the false report do to the good citizens of Chicago <laughs> and our moral reputation? And our moral, right, exactly. Well, exactly. I think that's right. the funniest well, part of well, what you said. Go ahead, well, because he was a big star, yeah. when he first reported this, there was a lot of resources that were pulled, okay? So a person like me on the street says, oh, yeah, you have to be a rich motherfucker like that guy to get the attention for something, you know, that on, on the spectrum of crimes lies on, you know, uh, in the month of December, a bullet went through my house and, and lodged, lodged into my uh, into my kitchen. Two weeks later, uh, the barn doors in my suburban were shot out. You know, shit like that happens all the time to people living in the neighborhoods. But, you know, Juicy Smollett reports this and all of a sudden, you know, even if it had been true, all of the resources or whatever. And because he did this, it just demonstrates to us and it and it weakens our our you know our our morale and it, right. and it lets us except you have just you have just stated so you're contradicting yourself already that even if it was true he still would have gotten the attention what that tells yeah but that doesn't mean that but, but because he did it but because but because he did it it now aggravated my already downtrodden morale and because he did it it demonstrated something else so he abused of it and he made it even worse so it's not contradicting. 
Yeah, yeah, it is because the problem is not what, whether he did it or didn't do it, but the problem is no. The problem is that, that, that individuals position, like him believe because money. there's a system, they believe that they can wait, do wait, this and get don't away. Don't let him finish up. Go ahead. Yeah, right. Know. If you have money mm-hmm. or position in America, you get a break. Uh, sure, he perjured himself, and sure, that's punishable. But we have a former president. Perjury is now something to be taken lightly and just thrown no, away. Perjury is a major no, 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 no. crime. Okay, let me finish my point. We have a, a, a former president who perjured themselves, so who lies, who to this very and he should have gone to jail for that. Yeah, but he didn't. And so, and that's the point. The point I'm making is, is, is that well, now one 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 wrong doesn't make another right. I mean, come on. Wait, just because I'm gonna do, well, let me just deal with this perjury issue right now, because oh, the judge mentioned perjury too. And I have to smile at that because you. This is listen. One thing is for certain. Smollett has not wavered on his story, and his story is I didn't do it. Now. The one thing Adolfo Monroe and I agree on, uh, I don't know what happened to Monroe. He left the meeting. I'm sure he'll come back. So, uh, Adolfo, the one thing that we agree on is that he did do it, okay? It's like we don't believe his official assertion that he didn't do it, but he has not wavered on that official assertion. He went on the stand and testified what what he believes or what he states has stated without exception from the get-go. He didn't do it. I don't believe you can charge someone with oh, Monroe's return. I don't believe you could charge someone with perjury if they go on the stand and testify to what they believe in. I don't think that's fair. I don't think you could punish but that's, a guy. that's the law. That's the law. Well, the law is not always fair. I've got news it's for you. The law says that Danny Solis. Oh, well, then nobody should go to jail. People should just be patted on that hand and, you know. And, okay. Uh, if, uh, if uh, he, everybody should go to jail. I, I like that better. If you if you do something, Trump yeah. should be. Well, in no, jail I'm not. I'm not right saying now. because one one. I'm I'm saying that the law should proceed in a fair manner. Wait, the law. And just allows- because somebody else, and just because somebody else didn't get the appropriate amount of punishment, in your opinion, or in in the public side, the discretion of the judge was abused or whatever. There's a courts of laws that could take care of that. You could appeal those things, and then they could be, you know, they could be reduced, or they could be resentenced. I'm just saying, if a guy testifies in 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 his defense, so you're just making a case for Trump then, because he truly believes all this shit. He's no, he doesn't. No, if Donald Trump uh, lies, no, you don't know that Monroe. I mean, wait, wait, hold on, wait. Before we get to there, he was not charged with perjury. Uh. Smollett was not charged. No, because he because he committed it on the stand. And what I'm saying is, I don't know of anybody in a case where he was he testified in his behalf. Then he lost. The judge sent him to jail for uh, committing the crime that he was charged with. And then all of a sudden, oh wait, we're going to charge you with another crime, perjury for testifying in your behalf. I mean, that's no, they didn't fair. charge him. They, <clears throat> no, they, but it said, was it was a measure of aggravation. It was something that they checked off on the mark in terms of aggravation. It and wasn't I, a and separate charge. Point. I don't think you should be charged, checked off, whatever the whatever, however you're going to phrase it. I don't think you should be punished for testifying on your behalf. I mean, if, if, you, if you lie, you should. If you lie, you should. But they said that's the he's already been punished for lying. 
Right. So now you're going to punish him for lying while he's testifying on his behalf. I, I just don't, I really don't think that's uh, uh, fair. No, or right. I think it's fair to take that into consideration. And by the way, in terms of the way the police respond to the shootings uh, that happen every day in the city of Chicago, uh, the way they responded uh, to Justice Smollett, you're, I agree with you 100%. It was way over the top. But as I argue that it was very obvious to everybody who, except for maybe the, the most Hollywood of liberals, uh, that Justice Smollett was making this thing up. Right. So that police investigation was all about proving that Justice Smollett uh, made this up. I would argue, Adolfo, that there were the, the police were like, yeah, let's we got them. Let's right. get them. Let's right. own the libs. Let's right. just embarrass them. Let's right. just discredit absolutely anybody who makes an accusation about a hate crime. It wasn't about prioritizing a top crime. It wasn't about rehabilitating Chicago's reputation. It was about nailing this little weasel who thought he could get away with it. And let's embarrass all the liberal Hollywood type. Well, that, that may have been the, that may have been the case after the investigation started, but it wasn't the case as it began. It might uh, have changed over time. Well, 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 they couldn't have gone in. Like, Hey, a guy named Ju- Juicy Smollett has a, uh, go over and investigate this. And they were like, ah, that's it. Oh, wait, hold gonna, on. Gonna, gonna, no, no, street no, that, that, that. Became, that became the narrative after they started. I would say within a like, day. I would yeah. say. Do you, it, well, that's I, how, was, that's how bad his lie was. They figured it out. I, I yeah. wouldn't even say a day. You just looked at. The, I would it, say. I, I would say ten minutes after the call. Ten was minutes. Made. Okay. Wait, ten minutes. Ten but it wasn't at the beginning. Wait, wasn't, wait a minute. There's a distinction it, between it's three, it's they, they having gone the morning, in there beforehand it's and ten then above came. zero, and this guy goes out to get a a, 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 a sandwich. Sandwich. <laughs> well, that's how laughable it was. You guys it was a that. joke. So there was. It right. was a complete joke. It, it fell apart immediately. Dave Chappelle's right. hilarious. I urge everybody to listen to Dave Chappelle on this one. And Dave Chappelle does that bit where the, he p- p- plays the cop doing the investigations. And it's like immediately he sees it's ridiculous. So there was no, I just got to underscore this. So point. then you're saying had the cop said, we're going to let him get away with this joke, that would have been okay? Uh, absolutely. No, I'm saying that there was no pressing need to uh, dedicate all that manpower to the Justice Smollett case. And while overlooking things like the shooting uh, that occurred that blew out your window or blew out your car or killed people. All yeah, the time. but I think I think that the pressure came from both sides. One, it was anim- it was motivated by policemen who said, let's prove this guy wrong. But at the same time, there was a counterforce from uh, Smollett's own people and, and people in high connection saying, "Hey, put more people on this because this is important. This involves Smollett. Absolutely. We want to no, get- it went the other so, way. So the, the forces were on both sides to put more resources. No, this. no. The, it, actually, what happened in this particular case is even worse than that. Is that the Smollett side saw where the police were going with this, and they called up uh, Kim Fox and said." We're we are losing confidence in the Chicago Police Department's ability to investigate this thing. Can you move this to the feds? And it's absolutely worse. More resources, right? More resources, but not Chicago resources. And so what I'm saying is that that's why I always say. By the way, Kim Fox is 
if, if you think of somebody who's had the biggest punishment uh, from this, it's been Kim Fox, most of which I think she brought on herself. And I think you and I would agree on that she one. She did. She did. I agree with you. I think I she she fucked up because she made a mistake and then she, she didn't want to admit it. She would have just admitted it. All right. Uh, so let me ask you this, Adolfo, before we move on to other things, uh, because I could see this is a moment where we will not convince. It's not like Adolfo's going to go, you know, Ben and Monroe, you make a compelling point, And uh, I'm going to change everything I've been saying for the last 24 hours. So I if, think still jail time, even if it was one. OK, day, let me ask you this. Jo- oh, there we go. Judge. Okay, I, uh, I'll settle for a day, but five <laughs> months is too much. Yeah. I, mean, ju- I never said I would say five months, yeah, but right. I said that jail time in general. Okay, Judge Mondragon. A day just to make a point. Two days, okay. No, one day. One day tops. One day tops. Because I've been in in Cook County Jail for an hour as a journalist, uh, when I was at the Tribune. And that was like... (laughs) That was that was an hour too much. Being yeah, in, but you know, but he's 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 isolated from all of that stuff. He's not going to get anywhere near those people. Uh, well, all right. So, uh, if you were Judge Mondragon, um, what would your sentence have been? I don't know, something like a month in jail. A what month? <laughs> yeah. God Dude, there 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 are there are people who 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 genuinely deserve less than that. And are getting you know six, six months, seven months, a year. You know, I'll argue you to you. Two wrongs don't make a right. No, 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 no. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If you want to rationalize it on that spectrum, okay, then let's you can rationalize it on that spectrum. You you have um, written house. Oh, okay. who kills two people? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think he should, he should have been found guilty. Eight, eight, eight. Huh? What? He's guilty, thumb, but uh, it's, it wasn't in my uh, hands. I mean. Finish your thought, Monroe. Yeah, no, but the point the, the point I'm making is that the judicial system is not fair, period, in America. Um, well, let's, let me yeah, also tell you, what happened in Rittenhouse is called jury nullification, just like what happened with OJ. Jury nullification is something yeah. that occurs from time to time in the judicial system, and that's what occurred with Rittenhouse. Well, I, uh, it, the, with, nobody would from the judge. Yeah, with a lot of help. From the no, judge. it was it was a jury taking it. So it's called it's a concept called jury nullification, um, and 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 in fact, there's a rule now in the '60s during the civil rights stuff and like the Black Panther stuff, there there were lawyers who would try to say to juries, "Hey, you know that you could take this in your own hands and just not convict." Yeah. And now there's a rule that prohibits that because jury nullification can only happen on its own. It can only manifest when the jury itself just decides not to convict someone who clearly is guilty. No, I remember the argument advanced, this is years ago, and I don't know, this is a tangent, when, believe it or not, I think it was President Carter's daughter, Amy Carter and Abby Hoffman, had been arrested and charged uh, in regards to a protest, I forget where it was, uh, and they were arguing that the law uh, that was uh, being used against them was unjust, and so it didn't matter if they did it or did not, if the law is unjust, uh, you should not uh, convict them. So I understand the point you're making, but that's not the point that was it with, uh, just to be clear to everybody out there listening, the jury convicted. Uh, yeah, here, Smollett. here with Smollett, there yeah, was no jury yeah, nullification. Yeah. The jury yeah. convicted. They heard him. Yeah. They didn't buy it. They convicted. And by the way, if the man has been saying this, is just this, this is a, this is a thing about the criminal justice system that really just leaves me shaking my head. He took the not guilty path. Okay, follow me on this one, Adolfo. 
He took the non-guilty plea. He said, I didn't do it. He kept repeating it. He repeated it, repeated it. He went on the stand and repeated it, okay? So the jury said, no, we don't believe you. We think you, you made it up from the get-go, and you're still making it up. You're stuck with this lie, all right? Now, at which point, to win over the judge, most defendants would follow, Your Honor, I'm really sorry I did it. But you said you didn't do it. You know what? Then, then, then you're admitting to perjury. You follow what I'm saying, Adolfo? So at least he's consistent. Yeah. Like one of those defendants who comes up before the judge after having mm-hmm. battle. Like, we'll probably see with Patrick Daly Thompson. We're probably going to so, see that. So in that case, what I would say is like, okay, yeah, you committed perjury, but in mitigation, you owned up to it. So I will take it, you know, I will take that into degree into how much less I make your punishment. So instead of a month, I'll make it half a month or something, you know? Oh, man, he's tough. He's tough. I'll tell you what. When he, if he gets elected judge, I'm gonna call him the hang him high judge. No, I don't want to be a dude. I don't, I don't, I don't want to be a judge. And you know, the funny thing is that for what, my conservative streak that I have on certain issues, on other issues, I'm very liberal. And then sentencing, it would be a whole different, different perspective. If you had that case of uh, that you were saying of Abby Hoffman and the president's daughter before me, you know, it wouldn't even have to go to jury notification because I probably would have been like, yeah, this is an unreasonable law. I'm gonna find them innocent. So there you go. How do you, how do you? How do you, uh, con- you know, what was the jury trial on one hand and, yeah. you know, uh, you know no, but there's, a, there's the, ju- judges could take away from a jury also. They could yes. just say, I find a, find a directive verdict that there's no guilt here and boom, that's it. Well, actually, it it, just, it'll be uh, appealed, but you, you could do that. It just happened uh, in New York City. Uh, Monroe, I don't know, Monroe, if you and I talked, I think Jim Coogan and I talked about this. It happened in New York City. Sarah Palin uh, had sued the New York Times yeah. uh, for... We didn't talk uh, about oh, that's it. right. Yeah. The, the judge tossed it out, right? Well, yeah. well but, but the jury was uh, deliberating, and he didn't tell the jury he'd done it. He, he announced beforehand that he would, no matter what verdict the jury was going to arrive at, he was going right. to dismiss this case. It's called but he a, a, a judgment notwithstanding. Yeah. But man, damn, this... He's good. I, I will this. I don't agree with him on the uh, on the sentencing, but he does know his law. All right. And no, you uh, know, again, you could have a judge no, that yeah, go ahead. Yeah, in no, one specific case do something that is considered by some as a little bit more conservative and at the same time make a sentence that's super considered super, super liberal. So, you know, you you can have that paradox. Monroe, you're gonna say something? Yeah, no, I was gonna say that um, he's arguing the law. But deep inside his heart, he knows we're right. <laughs> <laughs> he knows we're right. Well, that's why I'm a defense attorney, Monroe, because even if I disagree with myself, I'm advocating for the, right, now, the client. Right, okay, right. so help me out on this one. Help me out on this okay. one, uh, Adolfo. And uh, I, I'm well aware that we have a system, uh, but it irritates me anyway. We, okay, so we have this system where Dan Webb, who was the special prosecutor. Um, <laughs> Dan Webb learned the tricks of the trade at public expense as a uh, prosecuting attorney, okay? We trained him. We the public. We the people. Our tax dollars trained him. And then at some point he goes, well, enough of that. And from he went from prosecuting uh, white-collar uh, defendants to defending them, making much more money. Okay, as a defense lawyer, much more money. That's generally what they do. They go, they go from the feds into the you know white collar crime stuff. And then every now and then, 
he gets appointed to be a special prosecutor. So he takes off his criminal defense hat and puts on back the prosecuting hat. And everything he was saying, <laughs> all the things he would say defending the, the right. defendant out the window. Now, people go, Ben, that's our system of justice. That's how you do it. You want to make money. <laughs> this and that. But I don't know, Adolfo. You talk about perjury. I'm like, how about speaking out of two sides of the mouth? You know what I'm saying? I, how about right. a little consistency? No, but see, I, I, I understand that. Okay. As a lawyer, they, they, they can take either side and, and make magic work her as 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 a a state senator harold washington was known to be able to do that as a speaker yes. depending on what what was needed he could make an argument you know i mean they, they, that's what lawyers do yes and you know it's that's why yeah you know the joke the, the law school joke is like uh you know, well, what's the right answer? Well, it depends, right? That's, you know, <laughs> right exactly. That, that's, yeah. that's the right answer. It depends. All right, fair enough. This is, this is, this is why Shakespeare had a great lie. First, let's kill the lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I, I, I hear you, both of you. I understand the principle, but I don't understand the principle. You know what I mean? It's like, ah, right. okay, Webb, come off your high horse, all right? Because this guy's just got five months uh, in jail as a sentence. Oh, your last guy you prosecuted, Van Echo, who was Daly's nephew, he got 60 days. And he got to spend his time, I believe, in Lake County. All right? They were worried about him saying, oh, let's go, let's go up to Lake County. I think it was Lake County. Don't quote me on that, ladies and So, I, don't fall. I have a hard time. It's the, the, Our criminal justice Here's the other thing, too. So I just thought of something, too. See, so also the, the jail sentence thing also, another rationale is that had this judge said, you know, no jail time, the majority of people out there would have been outraged by that. And 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 again, once again, saying that our institutions don't work, that this would have been. So he had to almost because of because of the societal response to it. He had to give something. All right. Also, now that is again, perhaps, whether there are five months or not, I don't know. Okay. But so that, but you uh, have to give something. I will concede that point. I thought about it. I've actually not uh, articulated it yet. I didn't put it in my column because I was already right out of space. But I believe, Monroe, follow me on this. There are political ramifications uh, that uh, Dolfo didn't mention uh, for giving him a uh, stern sentence. And the political ramifications more or less protect Kim Fox uh, and Democrats in the state of Illinois because MAGA is using. Let's not forget the political end of this. MAGA is using Justice Smollett to bash everything from critical race theory to the notion that there's racism in this country, to the notion that there's hate crime in this country, to the notion that Jim Crow was a bad thing. They're trying to use Justice Smollett to undercut absolutely the entire history of race relations in this country and make the Democrats and sexual and make the Democrats look weak on crime and put Kim Fox's uh, head on the neck of every single Democrat. Democrat running in this next election. So by giving a stiff sentence to Justice Smollett, I would argue from a political standpoint, it undercuts that effort, Adolfo. So I agree with you from just a strictly political sense to protect the Democratic Party. Sorry, Jesse, you got to do some time. I can I, I can't imagine any judge saying that, by the way. And could, could, could a judge get away with saying that? Uh, Adolfo at a sentencing hearing not um, like that you would have to say it the way I said it that that in order to satisfy right. because remember these cases are the people versus 
right? They're brought, even though there's a victim or, you know, in most cases, it's still the people. So you're bringing this, and again, that's why one of the justifications for punishment is retribution, because societally, if we don't punish people, then what it'll lead is to people taking justice in their own hands and murdering people and beating up people because the system itself doesn't give that retribution for that society feels that they need in crimes, especially violent crimes, etc. Well, so no part of the justification for punishment is that retribution, that society needs uh, a way to re re get retribution. And we've decided that it's not by giving people uh, the ability to go beat up somebody who wronged somebody else, but by saying, no, the state will give the retribution that society deserves. Adolfo, had that been Kid Rock, do you think he would have got five months? Uh, Kid Rock, you mean the, the, the heavy metal guy? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's a, a what Trump did he do? Supporter. Oh, if that's he had done Trump the same supporter. thing, Kid Rock is the Trump supporter. Yeah. Well, I would hope again uh, that that he would, but you know, I also know that you know, uh, racism affects the institutions uh, of justice as well. That's why I don't believe in the death penalty. Not because I think it's morally wrong to kill someone, the state to kill somebody for committing a murder, but because it doesn't work right, because it's infected by racism. So you could bring in arguments like that. All right. I'm going to tell you uh, how much of a double standard there is. Now people talk out of two, not Adolfo, but, but uh, in general MAGA uh, when it comes to uh, criminal justice. So right now the uh, leading candidate for the Republican uh, nomination to run against J.B. Pritzker uh, is the mayor of Aurora, Richard Urban. And Richard Irvin is uh, a lawyer, and for many, many years, he was a criminal defense lawyer. Uh, and he had to defend some really <laughs> people accused of some horrible things. Uh, and uh, be, for a brief time before that, he was a prosecutor. So because the Republicans are hitting hard on law and order, trying to scare white people uh, into voting for them, we all know what that's what's going on. Uh, because they're hitting hard on law and order, uh, that the Irving campaign is putting the spotlight on his prosecutor career, Adolfo, not his criminal defense appear, career. The Democrats have uncovered all these cases. The oh, yeah, I've seen this ad. Yeah. I've seen this ad that says, all lives matter, brother. Yeah, all lives, like, yeah, all lives matter. All lives matter. <laughs> Forget black lives. All lives matter. All right. So they're putting – so. Richard Irvin went caught in the contradiction be between a tough law and order guy uh, and a criminal defense lawyer who's defended all kinds of uh, uh, really um, horrific uh, human beings has said everybody is entitled to uh, <laughs> a defense, which is assertion that lawyers say all the time. And I, to which I say, yes, that's true. But you don't have to be the one providing the defense. That's, that's a choice you made. Now, fast forward to uh, the. The, the battle over whether Supreme Court nominee uh, Katanji Brown-Jackson gets uh, confirmed by the Senate. And guess what, Monroe? Guess what the Republicans are doing? They're hammering her because when she was a public defender, she defended criminals. I'm like, hey, why? Why is it okay for Urban to do it here in the state of Illinois, but Jackson can't do it? Help me, Adolfo, one more time with people talking out of two sides of their mouth when it comes <laughs> to criminal justice. Help me out here. Well, that's, you know, that's politics, right? So you just have to wait. You So you make a counter argument against it. That's what you do. You know, so, well, then, and the other thing is we aren't even sure if she's qualified or not. Oh, yeah. Some action may have gotten her to where she is. 
if, if you listen to the Republicans, uh, there's not a black person in this country qualified to do anything right. except oh, yeah. to sing their praise. Then yeah. they're qualified. Name, uh, I love that argument that, uh, oh boy, Texas Senator, what's his name? Uh, Cruz? No. Yeah, the Princeton uh, asshole. Yeah. Yeah, Cruz. Cruz. Yeah. He goes, you know, well, you know, uh, <laughs> something about, uh, you know, whether, whether they're qualified to be uh, like, you know, and I'm like, there is no like, somebody who's more qualified than another person for these positions there's there's a threshold if you meet the threshold then all of them are qualified i'm like how are you going to say that justin kagan is less qualified than uh you know than than another justice they're not there's no such thing as somebody more qualified right. well, than another right. person right not and only once that. you meet the threshold you're all qualified right well and not only that but i uh, ben or i could be not named supreme court justices <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's no it doesn't say you have to go to law school it doesn't you know so i mean that's what's so ridiculous about this you know if somebody goes I right, really but this like, idea that there's more qualified like you know, well, like know. You can quantify what qualified yeah. is to be a justice you know by the way i would make the argument based on his uh work as a defense lawyer uh that richard Irvin is highly qualified uh to be a judge a justice attorney general you know what i'm saying i could make that argument that, that he I could make the counter argument that having defended and prosecuted, you know, if that, if that makes Dan Webb a great lawyer, the same thing for uh, Irvin, what bothers me so much about Irvin is that he's being allowed, he's allowing himself to be used to like completely contradict like the principles of his career as a criminal defense lawyer, he's asserting the rights of the individual against the state, right? Adolfo. And then as a candidate, a law and order candidate, it's like, everybody's guilty. (laughs) <laughs> you know it's like, so i'm like come on you had a great career going and now what because you want to be the governor right yeah and he's he's not going to be governor well that's where you come in ben you poke the holes in the hypocrisy of all this stuff and hopefully people see through all that bullshit right uh, i hope so all right let's close by talking uh we're gonna do a whole other show i'm gonna bring uh, uh adolfo back to talk madigan uh, we're out but of don't hate me because i would have given uh, uh smollett a day in jail okay <laughs> i don't i don't agree with monroe on everything so i why would i agree with you on everything? this is the kind of discussion we'd have as uh i'm uh, joking i'm joking in the second balcony at white Sox park and the people in front of us are going do you guys ever stop talking uh all right uh so this popped into my mind today i had a uh i don't know how what monroe and i were talking about uh but we somehow got in the uh the discussion of ranking mayors in our lifetime. So this is before your, a lot of these mayors go back before you, uh, Adolfo. Well, actually, no, that's not true. Uh, you were a baby. So you, you were a baby when Richard J. Daly was mayor. Oh. So there are six. Yeah. Mayors. And I, and I remember burning on. So, uh, but you really begin your, your uh, memory probably really begins with, uh, uh, baby daily with Harold. with Harold. Oh, you were actually remember Harold? Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, dude, I remember the day he died, man. It was yeah. So uh, Monroe and I are in agreement uh, that the best two mayors in our lifetime, number one, without question, uh, is Harold Washington. And number two is a man who wasn't elected mayor, Eugene Sawyer. And then we have troubles because <laughs> you got to figure out. You got the two dailies. You got Lori Lightfoot, you got Rahm Emanuel, and you got Jane Burns. So that's five. Uh, hey, hey, don't, 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 don't forget Blandick. Blandick, six. So there's eight, actually. I said six. There's eight. And I, 
I told Monroe, well, when I think about all those, I got to put Lori Lightfoot third. And he immediately started laughing at me. Uh, <laughs> so the, the real question, the hard question is, who's third? Who's Burn, third? Right? You would think or what? I mean, no, but in your in your opinion, and I'm gonna Monroe's had the longest time to think about, it, so he's gonna have to answer this. I'm not even gonna make you do uh three through eight. You got one and two. We'll concede Harold and Sawyer, because Sawyer did the least uh-huh. amount of damage. Uh right. so that's why I put him up there. So who's third? And so your choice is say Jane Byrne, right? Because she tried to do some well, all right, wait, socially, but, but, you know, some so Didn't you, she you, live in uh, Cabrini Green for a while? Yeah. Oh, that was a publicity, publicity stunt. Well, oh, but she did it. She did it still. Uh, who else would have done that? Yeah, no, it, it was for two I mean, her motivation might might be, you know, a little sus, but, I mean, she did it. And you, right, see so any, out, you, you see Rom You see Rom going down uh, the Cabrini Green at the so time? So, Tim Adolfo, you have Jane Bird number three? Is that is that who you Yeah, who, I, who, I guess. Yeah, I wouldn't put... Uh, you have Lightfoot. Jane Burnett, had a Lori Lightfoot, and uh, Richard yeah. M. Daly. Yeah. You have her. Okay. So, yeah. uh, uh, Monroe, who do you go with? Okay. I've, I've been thinking about this. And what you have to, the way I think you have to approach this mm-hmm. is who did the greatest damage? Okay. So you have Blandick with the snowstorm, mm-hmm. which is why he lost. Uh, you have D- Baby Daly. With the um, meters, the, the parking situation, which is why he couldn't run again. You have Rom with um, the sixteen shots, which is why he couldn't run again. Uh, so, and then you have um, you have Burn and 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 Rom, not Rom. Let me see who else. Oh, and Lightfoot. The two ladies left. And who has done the greater damage? You have, okay, burn with the whole school board thing where she put these white women on the, on the school board just to spite the people put her in office. So Lori Lightfoot is number three. <laughs> oh, after all that. Uh, man, man. I, I, but I'm gonna, I was thinking about what Adolfo said, and, and I got to make this concession, Monroe. Yeah. Uh, Jane Byrne going to Cabrini Green was a very powerful statement. Uh, and so if she if it was that and that alone, uh, I would have to give her uh, some love. I but, covered it as a tribute. I've stood out there. With wait, the- hold on. I know, but, but let me just finish my point. Yeah, but okay. it's a follow-up. It's like she, the political calculation, see, uh, Adolfo, this is the advantage we have over you because we were much older than you, so we we followed it more closely. Right after this, right after she moved out, left Cabrini Green after getting all that attention, it's as though she made a political calculation. Okay, I took care of the blacks. I got their votes. Now I'm going to go take care of the white people. And that's when she made those political appointments, Monroe, uh, yeah. with the anti-busing people from the southwest side on the board, thus right. undercutting any attempts at integration uh, early on. Right. It was that political calculation that lost me. Do you follow that, uh, Adolfo? It's like, oh, I got right. the black vote now because I went to Cabrini. Right. They're in my palm. So let me ask you this. Let me make, a, let me make an analogy, a bad analogy probably. But yeah. all right, you know how there's that um, – 
powerful moment when Mr. Rogers invited uh, the cast, uh, the black cast member in the show to dip his feet in the pool of water with him or whatever and how powerful that moment was. What if later on we found out that Mr. Rogers wrote like, wow, now I got the black viewers settled. That's cool. Now let me move on to another show and do whatever. Would that have made it less powerful or no? No, it's rather powerful. That's yeah. what you both of you guys are wrong on this. Yeah. Everybody in the black community saw it for what it was. It was a cynical. I mean, that would that would that would be like you you guys arguing. Well, the, the Republicans had keys run against Obama. They had a a black candidate for governor, so they're not so bad after all. I mean, she did that for political reasons. Um, and you know, I, I, I totally, I, I get you, uh, Monroe. I totally yeah. get you. But I think I got to concede, uh, even with the keys thing, I got to concede that even when Republicans use or or promote a black candidate or, uh, or, or have within their own ranks black people, I got to say, at the very least, though, you know, I understand it's strategic and there's suspect ulterior motives for doing that. But at least they do it, man. I one of my criticism about the Democratic Party, like during Bill Clinton's time, is that those motherfuckers didn't give brown or black people a chance at any level of their ring, really, except for a few few things. When you look at the Republicans, if they can use you and you're a good worker, they'll put you to work. You know, so I understand the ulterior motive argument, and I agree that overall, when you assess it, yeah, it's more bad than good. But I gotta concede that you know, doing that, I mean, it still it, it still means something. Yeah, I mean, no, it didn't mean anything to the black. It didn't get her any black votes. That's true. Whatsoever. It meant that we saw through that immediately. And I mean, and, and if if I followed your argument just now, Adolfo, then Clarence Thomas would be a good choice. <laughs> no, I didn't say a good choice. But I think that it's still historically important that there was, that Justice uh, Clarence Thomas is on the Supreme Court. I think it's still an important uh, I didn't say that I agree with his decisions. Most of them, there might be one or two that are probably okay, but uh, and that I I agree with him politically. But I still think that the fact that he's there and that he was the first, I think that's still a significant thing. Now he's the second, he, yeah, and he yeah. was just the opposite. Oh, I mean, second. I'm, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, he, he was the second. Yeah, yeah. and he I, was just the opposite. Hey, the second is still the second is still as powerful as the first, man. I'll no, tell you that. no, not in this case. Absolutely, yeah, right. Monroe. You, you, one of us can make this argument, uh, but uh, one of the things you I don't find, you don't concede that it means even a little bit. A little no, bit? you what, think it's a total I feel, farce? Total means nothing. Hey, they might as well put a white person there instead. Wait, you you talk about making false claims. We and Justice Smollett. I think the Republican Party as a whole should have gone to Cook County Jail for 150 days for the false claims they made when they put Clarence Thomas on the court to replace one of the greatest heroes in American jurisprudence, and that would right. be Thurgood Marshall, who is right. a freaking giant. And right. Thurgood Marshall in the 40s would go into courtrooms in Jim Crow South and risk his no one life. No debating that. No okay. one no, debating but, that. No, but no, no. <laughs> but when they took it was cynical acts of falsehoods. They took Clarence Thomas. And, and again, said, I agree that the they say, wait, wait, they said we had to make a suspect. political. We had to make a political calculation that we're just going to replace a black man with a black man. And it doesn't matter if they're in the same ballpark uh, in terms of what they believe in or that the second man we're appointing is going to completely undercut 
the entire life and legacy of the first. That's an act of such cynicism and uh, false uh, falsehoods. Adolfo, I think, it rivals anything, any story concocted by Jesse Smollett. So that's why I say put the Republican Party in <laughs> Cook County Jail for 150 days. What do you think about that? Oh shit! So we, we so it would have been better to just put a very conservative white dude there instead. No, it'd been uh, better to put a, 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 a out and settle for a moderate white person over or a over moderate there. black person. If you're uh-huh. go, if if you're going to make the political no, but this was a Republican appointee. You're not going to yes. get a moderate. So, you're going to yeah. get a conservative. So no, you're, you're not. Get a you judge Bork. Wait, no, I completely disagree. There's a lot of black moderates in the Republican Party, particularly back in the 80s and the 90s. Well, not that we're going to get a point, not that I'm going to get appointed politically. No, what I'm saying, if if I'm what I'm going to say, if you're going to be more uh, accurate to uh, the career and legacy of Thurgood Marshall, you should appoint somebody who's more like him in his uh, philosophical views. You should not use the color of the skin of Clarence Thomas to uh, justify appointing someone who's going to undo the great affirmative action legacy uh, that Thurgood Marshall represented. It's the most. All I'm saying, I'm I'm not saying that the motivations and the ulterior motives and the, I'm agreeing with all you. I'm just saying that I can see at the very least, least that it's not, that there's some one little speck of, good out of it it's still a good thing that there was a black man in that role if it was between having clarence uh thomas and then having a some other white dude conservative with the same views as thomas i'd rather take thomas all right one what do you think about that what's what do you think is better for the civil rights movement to have a, a white justice uh, ruling against uh, the legacy of Thurgood Marshall or have a black justice ruling against the third i think it's worse to have a black person and let why me, do you think let, it's let worse? me let, let me give you guys this uh, just broke three minutes ago. Biden says Putin is a war criminal. Wow. That is that that is, is major, major, major. Um what do you think, Adolfo? Is Putin a war criminal? Well, yeah, the basic definition, all of these guys are George W. Bush, all of them are. Yeah. But but the problem is that if you start declaring these guys, then they can also declare it against you and then go after you as a war criminal. So that's why they play that game of not declaring anybody a war criminal. But so that's yeah. pretty ballsy, I guess, yeah. by declaring them a, a, a war criminal. Does that mean they're going to take know, up? Does this, this uh, put us one step uh, closer to World War Three? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah. Uh, wow, I have to think about that a little bit because I have to think about that. I mean, just in terms of uh, Adolfo's basic point, yes, he's a war criminal. Absolutely. I mean, he cooked up this cockamamie reason to, to invade a country and how many thousands of people are dead as a result? No, they're bombing civilians on purpose. Yeah. Said that yeah. alone right there. Boom. Right there. Right. Uh, and what did the United States do in Vietnam? And what did the United States do in Iraq? And uh, you're right. That's uh, and then you got to think of the geopolitical, like we were talking about. What's the impact of calling him a war criminal in terms of trying to get ourselves out of this predicament? You follow what I'm saying, Monroe? Like we really want the war to end, right? Don't isn't that our number one goal right now? The war to end, not to yeah. Except points. you can't. You, this war is well. The way wars end is either somebody wins or it's a stalemate and they go to the negotiate 
kitchen table and say, okay, well, let's cut it out. Um, with this war, if, if, if they went to the, the, the negotiating tables right now with Putin, he would have um, Damascus and he'd have Crimea. And so he'd be a happy camper. And um, Zelensky and the other um, um, U- Ukrainians would not be happy. So it's, it's who knows what's going to happen. I, uh, I don't know if anybody would be happy. Must, yeah. uh, I said, I, yeah, I hear what you, I get your basic point. I just don't know if he'd be happy. Uh, I can't imagine Putin being happy uh, in any regard. Uh, anyway, we've run out of time. Before we yeah. do, uh, I, I need uh, Adolfo to weigh in on something having nothing to do with politics. Monroe and I talked. Oh, wait, about wait, wait. One last, one last thing on the Supreme Court thing. Yeah. I also remember that, uh, you know, Sandra Day O'Connor, when she got appointed, she was a woman, but she's very conservative. So people would say the same argument probably about her that we would rather have a woman that was, you know, more moderate or whatever. But, you know, the thing about these conservatives sometimes is that they'll surprise you. And it was Sandra Day O'Connor that didn't overturn Roe v. Wade. Yeah. So yeah, right. so you, you, you just because Sandra O'Connor was super conservative and it was, oh, my God, what a disservice to li- women liberals and blah, blah, blah. Same arguments that you could probably say about Clarence Thomas. Oh, what a disservice, blah, blah, blah. He's conservative, this and that. But yet again, you look at her jurisprudence, and there are the occasional cases where she surprised no, I, you. Uh, well, and, 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 and Clarence Thomas has, I think, if you dig into his jurisprudence, there are some cases like that involving no, one, crimes. One, one, <laughs> you know? that's it. And that's he. he um, well, hey, if Sandra Day O'Connor would have only gone for that case that didn't overturn uh, Roe v. Wade, I think that that in and of itself would have sealed her legacy. All right, Monroe, what was the one case? Uh, there was a, some 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 lynching law. Yeah. That he ruled, he said, no, 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 no. Lynching is not good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would think the more apt uh, uh, comparison uh, between what George Bush did when he nominated uh, Clarence Thomas to replace uh, a giant like Thurgood Marshall would be what uh, Donnie Trump did uh, when he nominated Amy Coney Barrett to replace Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yeah, he, he's taking a woman, uh, a conservative woman, uh, to uh, replace a liberal icon. And that conservative woman will be the face uh, on rulings that will undercut and reverse everything or so much of what Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, stood for. One of the most cynical uh, uh, Except there are other women on the court. Yeah, there are other women. So if you're going to replace a woman with a woman, again, I repeat what I would say. If you're going to have a justice that's going to undo everything Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, uh, did, probably better off to have a a white man doing the dirty work. all right, uh, Adolph, I got to get your uh, thoughts. We talked about it last week. Monroe was on the show. I dedicated a whole show to it. Uh, what may be one of the five greatest movies of all time, 50th anniversary, but it came out before you were born, but I know you've seen it. Uh, and I know you have strong opinions about it. Your thoughts on the legacy of The Godfather, 50 years old this year. Oh, dude, it just uh, it stands uh, the test of time. We saw it together. Well, we saw part two a couple years ago. I saw yeah. part one. When they uh, when it came out like five years ago, I wanted to see it. I was going to call you up to see it, you know, two weekends ago when it came out again, but I didn't get a chance to. Um, but I've been seeing a lot of the buzz around the the reissue and uh, a lot of interviews and stuff, and um, and then seeing parts of the movie again. And I got to tell you, uh, I appreciate that movie more now because I see all of the I see more of all the. Uh, 
the uh the 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 special things about it beyond you know the the story from the book and about how it talks about capitalism and it talks about immigrant families and family relationships and uh power dynamics like the the rules of you know the 48 rules of power and all sorts of stuff and how 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 that the 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 quotes from there just still you know they reverberate today and people quote the movie left and right just like they quote Goodfellas left and right it's just amazing even the opening shot about I believe in America you know it's so powerful yeah. those words I believe in America before he goes on to explain why he's there with Don Corleone you know I mean it just it just hits you because just those words can mean so many things to different people I believe in America. And then yet I'm here, Don Corleone, to ask you for justice, you know? So um, I think it's a special movie. I think that what makes it even more special is the fact that all the problems that were going on behind the scenes, how this movie almost didn't get uh, made, how Francis Ford Coppola almost got fired, how they didn't want Al Pacino to play, or how they didn't want any, most of those people to be cast in those roles, and and how... uh, you know, some of this stuff had to be done in B-roll because they didn't have the budget. And it's just amazing that this movie ended up in the way that it did. And, uh, and you know, how Mario Puzo and uh, Coppola were able to take their immigrant experience and then make it universal uh, through the little details in the movie. It's just it's just amazing. I think yeah. that movie that movie still deserves that, uh, you know, that top ranking. Well, when it comes out, if it does come out to the big screen, I'll, I'll definitely go see it with you again because uh, seeing it on the little screen didn't do justice. As I remember, you and I did go see uh, right down the street from where Monroe lives. We saw uh, Godfather Two, Two, and which uh, is, yeah, uh, on the big screen. I actually still think Godfather Two is uh, a better movie, but really, what? Well, he had, but but and probably so. I agree because. He learned from making the first one, and he had a bigger budget, and he could do things that he couldn't do with the first movie. Yeah. You know, that's what I'm saying. That's what makes it even more special is the fact that you learned all the things that were going on behind the scenes. And I think there's going to be a um, a cable, uh, not movie, but a series about all the stuff that was going on in the making of The Godfather. Yes. That's coming out soon. Yeah. I'll be watching that one. Uh, all right, very good. Adolfo Mondragon, thank you very much. Uh, Monroe Anderson, thank you as well. Spirited debate, uh, really enjoyed it. Hope, uh, people <laughs> found it I, enlightening. I, 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 get, I did too. Uh, and uh, and uh, I understood Adolfo's legal points. <laughs> yeah, made spoken like a lawyer. Yeah, spoken <laughs> like a lawyer. Well, he is a well, lawyer. That's what I am, right? right. Uh, I he's a lawyer. Exactly. Uh, exactly. As as Danny Solis has come to learn, he is a lawyer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, all and, right, and we, and we spoke like opinion writers. That is correct. No, absolutely. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Right, well, you know what? Good. Here, let me put this as a closer. As a closer, I would not have been unhappy. If, if if Smollett had received no jail time, let me put it that way too. At the same time, I would have not been outraged or unhappy, but there are many people who would have, I think. Yes. Yeah. All right. Very good. Well, uh, we'll close it down there. Uh, Adolfo, thank you. Uh, Mon- uh, Monroe, thank you. And also want to thank the man, the myth, the legend, the pride of Joe of Illinois, without whom the show would be possible. And as Adolfo Monroe, uh, Monroe will tell you, back home at Alton, they call him Dr. D, and the D stands for Demarvelous. Give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. See you tomorrow, everybody. That's not correct.